Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood. And joining me this evening, as always, are Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. Gentlemen, I have to ask, which is more exciting, the Star Wars trailer or one of the Bears trick plays on Monday night? Will Greenwood, what do you think? Oh, I'm going with the, the two-point conversion with a little uh, lateral to Mitchell Trubisky. It was more exciting than the trailer because I knew the trailer was coming. And I didn't know that they were going to do that. And I was going – I mean, I was rooting for the Vikings – uh, for multiple reasons, but wow. I was just like, I'm not even mad. It wasn't even, it's just impressive. Yeah, you knew the Bears were going to lose anyway, despite, uh, despite the trickery. It was pretty, pretty obvious watching that game. Uh, <laughs> Trey, what about you? What, what did you like uh, best on the Monday Night Game? you like the Star Wars trailer, or did you like uh, the Bears trick plays? No, I like the trick plays, man. I was, I was all in for football. I actually didn't, you know, I might uh, gain a few enemies here, but I didn't even know the trailer was coming until something was said about it during the game. And uh, the trick plays were great. Seeing John Fox actually, you know, call a fake punt and the, the two-point conversion play was beautiful. Beautiful. I thought, I mean, I think that that should be, I think they should uh, put a whole uh, series of plays into the playbook with uh, Zach Miller and Mitch Trubisky playing quarterback and running back, running a little option. Should, would be a great, great package. Might as well. That's about all they can do. <laughs> also, the, the, the stormtrooper in the booth, when it was just like standing there silent and they were trying to interact with him, was pretty, yeah, no pretty terrible. It kind of, they kind of took away from the trailer. So. Super awkward. Yeah, it was a little, a little over the top. <laughs> that was, that was. Oh. Yeah, that marriage between uh, ESPN and, and Disney and Star Wars is, is interesting, that's for sure. Uh, well, guys, let's get into our real, um, you know, Fantasy Joe's moments of the week, um, our, both our highs and lows. And this week for our highs, we're going to uh, name them in honor of Mr. Deshaun Watson, who had another amazing game out of nowhere. Uh, so, um, uh, Will, what's your Deshaun Watson moment of the week? Yeah, so mine is going to center around the, the guy that I've been touting and kind of we've talked a lot about in Dynasty is the first overall pick, but it's Leonard Fournette. He's had a really rough year with the Jaguars because that offense is terrible. And basically my high was him getting that super garbage time long tutty. Uh, that's going to pad his stats so that he can finally have some of those big breakaway runs that wasn't against a, a, you know an eight-man box and wasn't for three to five yards. And so basically – uh, you know, that was my high of the week is that my boy Leo finally got a little bit of luck and a nice long touchdown. Love you, Leo. It, it was a nice moment, and he, he is looking good this year, no, no doubt about it. Trey, your Deshaun Watson moment of the week. Well, my Deshaun Watson moment of the week in, in two particular leagues, one that uh, you're familiar with, Ryan, a redraft league that we ha- uh, are doing with a, a relegation league for those that don't make the playoffs. And then in a, a dynasty league, I got Doug Martin back this week and I almost included Doug Martin last, last week. One of my hot takes was that Jameis Winston was going to outperform Tom Brady. I had originally written it down as uh, Doug Martin would also outperform any Patriots running back. 
And then I thought that might have been a little too spicy, but it ended up happening. He had a great week. He, I don't know why they didn't use him more in the second half. Um, so, it, you know, it's like adding an RB1 into a dynasty, a dynasty team that I have and then a redraft team. So that was great. Great injection of life into both teams. Doug Martin is back. It's exciting. I, I have him in a league too, and it's a big boost, a big boost. Um, I'm tempted for my Deshaun Watson moment of the week to go with my uh, call, my second upset in a row that hit Jacksonville over Pittsburgh. But I'm actually going to go with my dumpster dive of, of episode two of the Fantasy Joe's podcast, and that was Will Fuller. Um, and, and we'll talk about him more a little bit later. But I, on that episode, I talked about how Will Fuller was a guy you should buy, you could pick up. He was available on, uh, on waivers in some dynasty leagues. And you may not believe him in long term. I, long term, I don't necessarily either. But, you know, he's a guy that suddenly has had this sudden rise in value with those two amazing performances. So I was pretty excited to see him go off for the second week in a row. Um, let's talk about letdowns. We're going to call this our Evan Ingram uh, letdowns of the week because uh, talk about a guy that went from uh, real promising this year to, uh, to, to a goose egg. Um, so, Will, what was your uh, Evan Ingram moment of the week? So, my Evan Ingram letdown of the week for sure centers around one gentleman who's been uh, one of the, the centers of some of my hot takes, and is it's Jay Cuddy. And I actually looked back and, you know, I, I got a little – uh, you know, into last episode as we were chatting and, and I thought, you know, I, I thought I meant to say that Jay Cutler was going to have four points in, in, a, in a PPC. And what I meant to say, you know, he'd be the QB1 in that. And that's actually a points per cig league <laughs> where, he, where he would actually have, have smoked four cigarettes during the course of the game and be a QB1. And uh, basically my letdown was is, is just, just his overall performance. In, in life and on the football field. And I'm just, I'm just, it just makes me really sad. Now, have we seen him smoke on the sidelines? Because I think he's going through nicotine withdrawal. That's my theory on Jay Cutler. I think he just needs a fix. I actually would like it if he started to again and rolls up in, in like, you know, a mid 90s Chrysler LeBaron, just skidding the brakes right onto the field with his pads on, coming out, smoking a cig, ready to slang some footballs. I would way prefer that for Jay Cutty. Oh. Uh, <laughs> based on the way he's been playing i kind of question if he's was hanging out with the uh now ex dolphins offensive line coach actually <laughs> what okay so trey what what do you got for your evan ingram moment of the week all right so my evan ingram moment for this week so you guys know and and some of our listeners know this is my second season in dynasty so um, last year I started a few teams and, and had a, a pretty rough season due to some injuries and just kind of a little bit of a learning curve adjusting from redraft to dynasty. So this year I actually um, started four of my leagues um, that I'm uh, competitive, like I'm not punting this year. Uh, we're four and oh heading into this week and three of those teams lost. So now I only have one remaining team it's probably one of my stronger teams um but it's uh so i've only got one five and oh team man i'm a little sad it's nice when you pull up the standings and see that zero in the loss column oh man our listeners feel so sad for you trey that's that's tough that you I know. Have oh. oh well <laughs> my my evan ingram moment of the week has to uh come from my empire league that i'm in 
where not only did I start Diggs and Parker, um, with, and they came up a little short, but I went up against Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. And I thought I had a great chance of pulling out my, my matchup, you know, going into Monday night. But in the middle of the fourth quarter, Tyreek Hill returns that, uh, that, that touchdown, uh, punt return for a touchdown. And then Deshaun Watson decides to go crazy and hits Hopkins a couple of times at the end of the game. And then I was pretty much toast in my matchup that week. So, so thank you, Tyreek Hill. Uh, thank you, DeAndre Hopkins. I, I appreciate the loss. Um, <laughs> they just went full ham. They were they like, didn't. okay, now we're going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Yeah, no, it was exciting. It was a, that was a fun game. That was a fun game. <laughs> um, and maybe those guys will, will come up in our next segment. It's a segment we're calling Buys and Sells. Buys and Sells. <laughs> we have to come up with a new name for that segment, guys. It has to be like, um, I don't know, something, something, something. Trick or treat. Trick or treats. I like that. Trick or treat. Some tricks or some treats. <laughs> <laughs> or this is kind Trey, of. First of all, I think Trey is dead. On this, you can see. We've lost one of one of the fantasy Joes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> so, as soon as he gets a loss, and all as soon as he all those like four and O teams are gone, he just internet cancels out. <laughs> oh. Oh man. Okay. Oh, oh. He, he's he's coming back, everybody. Hey. He's back. So it's our our our, our tricks or our treats. <laughs> and I guess if you're gonna call it trick or treat, what what is it? What is the buy? Is that the trick or the treat? I don't know. It depends what kind of person you are. <laughs> <laughs> so how about um the, no, the we gotta think of something else. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the technical issues tonight, fellas. That, that's okay, Trey. That's okay. It's the it's the struggles of living in the mountains, where your internet providers are singular and terrible. Yeah, it's the same in the cities. Uh, it's a little bit better in the cities, I think. So let's call it. Um, let's call this either buys, uh, meaning um, Chicago. <laughs> let's get original. <laughs> and our Twin Cities internet high speed connections. We should just call it like buys, 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 or sell, 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 sell. <laughs> or sell your rural um, North Carolina internet provider. Uh, so what about hum- what about the humper? What about the humper dump segment? <laughs> we can call it the heavy flow or low flow. <laughs> the humper dump segment. <laughs> All right, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, listeners, you can hit us up at thefantasyjoes at gmail or, or at ffjoes. Send us some suggestions for the segment. Um, let, let's get into it, though, guys. Uh, Trey, why don't you talk about your first, uh, your first buy or sell? I think we're doing buys first. So, who's your first buy? Yeah, this is my first buy, and this is a you know, like I'm gonna just throw this out there. This is a great example of not being fixated on a player but being fixated on where a player's value lies. I have been a sell, an Amari Cooper sell proponent during the offseason when I saw him going in the top four or five picks in startup drafts, seeing some of the value that he's um, receiving in trades. I have been a sell for Amari Cooper. But given the struggles that he's had, the, the, the potential is incredible. He's one of only seven wide receivers in NFL history to have a thousand yards receiving his first two seasons in the league. He's still incredibly young. He's got a ton of potential. 
So if you can buy Amari Cooper right now at a discounted price, if the Amari Cooper owner out there is giving up on him, and I have a perfect example. This is a trade that actually just went down earlier tonight, putting my money where my mouth is. Um, Jeremy Forster and I uh, traded in the uh, Dynasty Super Ballers, 14-team PPR league, and both of you gentlemen are in that league. I gave up Jarvis Landry, and I got Amari Cooper. So for me, that's an upgrade. I feel like Amari Cooper has much higher potential. Landry will probably have some better weeks here in the coming uh, next few games. But for me, long-term, the ceiling for Amari Cooper is much higher. So he's a guy I would put some feelers out and see if you can buy him. The, the, the owner might be ready to, to dump him. Uh, Jeremy, shout out to Jeremy. And Jeremy, next time, you know, send me a message or something before we make that trade. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I think I like, I think I like that side. I think Amari Cooper over, over Landry. Although that's one of those things that, you know, you know, Landry's one of those guys that I think we have um, undervalued too. And he's one of those guys that everyone's down on. So he could turn out to be the better, better player, the better value. We'll see. Well, what do you think about Amari Cooper? You think he's definitely a, a buy at this point? Yeah, you know, just he's probably isn't like a huge sell uh, unless you're ready to to start negotiating for for Landry. It's full PPR, so he's at least for this season and, and maybe a little bit forward with what they're doing there in Miami. If he's gone and goes to somewhere else, and where he ends up, he could have some really really good PPR value moving into the future. Not the biggest fan of Landry, but I'm not the biggest fan of Cooper either anymore. At least. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's a, it's a great opportunity to buy, especially if that team is down in the dumps. Uh, if, if somebody isn't or you know wanting to hold on to Cooper anymore and you can get him and you feel like he's going to turn around and make a run for this year, I think it's a great opportunity. I mean, his future is obviously super bright. I don't think anybody's questioning that. It just is he's having a historically bad start to the season. So, I don't know, go for him if you like him. I've, I've been kind of staying pat because, in, in all honesty, it just seems, he just seems really stressful to own, to buy or sell. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I sold him in, in a league, and I, I still have mixed feelings about it. Sometimes I think I made the right call, and sometimes I didn't. So um, it's one of those things. Um, here's, here's a question for you guys. What about this? A hypothetical uh, trade offer. What if someone you, – you, um, you have Amari Cooper. Someone offers you uh, Alvin Kamara, Pierre Garçon, and a 2018 first. Trey, do you take it? Kamara, Garçon, and a 2018 first for uh, Amari Cooper? Is this full PPR? Uh, this is, I believe, half point. Half PPR. The only way I make that trade is if I'm fairly certain that that first round pick is going to be a top two pick. So if I can guarantee myself, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know that too many people are selling that high. Um, I love, I love Camara. You guys know that. Um, Pierre Garcon is a guy I think that can help you kind of in the short term, but I still think I would hold. I would hold Cooper. I don't know that I'd sell him for that. Honestly, Will, that trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Coop. All right. The reason I, I asked is I was actually offered this today for Amari Cooper, and, and I, I'm I'm planning on standing pat too. I just was curious, but that's the kind of you know, and that's one of those things. I, you know, if, if you're an Amari Cooper owner, I think yes, it, it's maybe it's crazy to sell right now because his value's never been lower, but at the same time. If you're trying to contend and you just don't buy into him becoming this elite wide receiver one, I don't think it's crazy to sell him. Uh, you know, I know, I know it's all about value and his value is probably going to go back up, but you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And, and, and he's also a guy that's going to attract a lot of offers because 
every podcast you're listening to right now, whether it's Redraft or Dynasty, is saying, okay, you know, try to buy Amari Cooper. So I think there's opportunity there too, because if people are hearing that, they're going to start to talk to you. And if he's a guy you want to get rid of, and eh, maybe you won't get the value you might get from him a month from now, but you could get some guys that can help you win the next month. So that's what I think. I love moving players and making deals. And I feel like I'm one of the last people that will give you the answer of like, well, maybe you need to stand pat and, and relax a little bit on a player. For me, for me, if I owned Amari Cooper, uh, I would entertain offers, but unless I felt like it was fair at the beginning of the season, I, I think for me, I'm just, I would be like, I'm, I, I'm better off holding him. Right. Yeah. You don't want to give him away, but you might be able to get something that's um, of, of, of similar value. You could have got going into the year. Um, well, Will, who is your first, uh, your first buy? We're each doing a buy and he's doing a sell tonight. So who's your first buy? Ooh, I thought we canceled the, the sell. So, but uh, here we go. My first buy tonight, because I want to talk So, my, one of the things I, I want to talk about is players that aren't getting mentioned a lot in other podcasting groups and things like that. And somebody who I feel like has been under like talked about or rated or just kind of thrown off to the side is, is Willie Sneed. So assuming that his injury and his hamstring isn't that bad. And part of his being held out wasn't going to London. I mean, all these other things. So they've had the bye week underneath their belts, things like that. So Michael Thomas, of course, is leading the targets on the Saints at 37. He is followed by two running backs in Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram with 28 and 22 targets apiece. So Kamara's getting seven targets a game. Ingram's at 20 or has 22, you know, whatever the math kind of works out there. Uh, I didn't do it beforehand. And then Ted Ginn only has 16. So that leaves one receiver with, with quite a few targets through their first four games. And what I, I looked back and I was kind of looking at Willie Sneed's target share in the last few, last couple of years and or at least his target numbers, not share. And he had 104 targets in 2016 and 101 in 2015. So I'm basically going to buy on the fact that I don't think he is completely in the doghouse. I don't think his, his market share, like his, uh, I don't think his injury is too bad up front. I think that has to do with him traveling. And so I think right now is a great time to go after Willie Sneed because that owner is just tired of it. They've only heard negative news. They heard nothing positive. And he has produced in the past and I believe will produce in the future. If he gets back to his just under seven targets a game average, if you look at the past two years, uh, he'll be right back up to speed. And honestly, I'd, I'd rather, you know, have him versus quite a few other wide receivers and other offenses. And when you have two running backs as your second and third uh, target leaders on a team, it's just a prime area for somebody to step up and take some of those back. That's why I would be buying Willie Sneed. Trey, what, Willie. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, what do you think? Willie Sneed, buy, buy or sell for you? Yeah, I think that's a, a good take. I think I would buy, depending on the price, I think, um, Willie Sneed is a uh, good buy, especially in the short term. You know, they're coming off the buy. So, again, you've got that manipulation. If, if you're not real deep at wide receiver, if you've lost someone to injury, um, you know, that's kind of like stealing a week if, if you feel like you need some production there. I think, he, I think he can be productive. We've seen it before. I think that he can come in and immediately um, become number two on that team um, in targets behind Michael Thomas. So I, I like it. I think he's a valuable asset that you could add. And, and, and probably his value right now is at a point where you can get him uh, relatively cheap. Yeah, I, I like that take too. I like listening a lot for all the reasons that you cited. And I think it's a benefit that he has that hammy, that, the hamstring injury, because people are like, oh, he's, he's kind of damaged kids. He hasn't played. How long is it going to take him to get going? So no, I, I totally like that take. Um, for, for me, um, my buy – 
is Jalen Richard of the Oakland Raiders. And I like him because, you know, just Marshawn Lynch, I'm just not buying him the rest of the year. I think that Oakland offense is going to bounce back. And I think Richard is a better player than people think. When, you know, going into uh, rookie drafts a couple years ago, one of the knocks on him was that he had this really bad pro day. He didn't look very agile. He did bad on those agility drills. But it was a, a rainy day in, in southern Mississippi. Uh, De- Devin McIntyre wrote this article for Rotoviz about it. And, you know, you look at some of the statistics from his rookie year, ranked ninth in breakaway, breakaway runs and 20th in juke rate, according to uh, player profiler. Um, uh, Pro Football Focus credited him with uh, 28 broken tackles, um, ranked him the third most elusive running back last year. So, so this guy – you know, this guy can play, and I think he's going to get more of an opportunity later this year. And I think he's a guy you can get for nothing. I, I don't think that you'd have to pay much for him at all. I think he's one of those guys that you maybe try to get another owner to throw him in as a throw-in to try to close a deal. And he's a guy that could really pay dividends for you later in the year. So Jalen Richard is my buy. But I think the way you buy him is you buy him as kind of a throw-in. Or maybe you just say, hey, you know, your team's not looking so good. I'll, I'll send you a, a, you know, second, third-round pick for him and see see if you get a bite what, what do you guys can I, say? Can I say never start a trade talk off with hey your team's not looking so good <laughs> it just is uh if you, want to, if you want to set somebody in the wrong mood to make some deals maybe just say you know kind of go out there they're they're uh, oh, okay. a receiver who isn't as good or like you know this kind of like stash or you know throw a later pick <laughs> okay what I, what I say I know I know it's just so funny <laughs> Hey, your team just totally sucks. Okay, so let yeah. some of these guys, and you'll be better next year. Uh, no, it's fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Trey, Trey, what do you think of that? What do you think of Jalen Richard? Yeah, I think it's a reasonable. I mean, you know, it's it's like you said, he's a guy that's going to be a throw-in. You're not going to go out and acquire Jalen Richard individually. Um, he's looked good when he's had his opportunities. I'm not convinced that Marshawn Lynch is going to stay healthy. Um, through this entire season so yeah you know running back's one of those positions that if you can you can get a guy that turns into a starting running back at any point during the season um he he's easily worth owning so i don't i don't hate it will your thoughts if any besides to not hate on other people's teams (laughs) he's going for an offer (laughs) just give him just give ryan a hard time uh, yeah, I, I like him quite a bit. Lynch has not looked as explosive, uh, along with the offense, too, a little bit. Like, he's not as big a receiver. He's not as quick as Richard in the passing game. Uh, long story short, I do like – I do like – I'm still just so curious about how Marshawn Lynch is going to end up panning out. But, it, again, Richard's price isn't going to be super expensive, and his upside is immense. So, totally on board with the buy. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I've been kind of a jerk tonight, huh? I, I, I made fun of our uh... – our league mate Jeremy for for that trade. I wasn't really making fun. He could totally win that deal. And, and then I'm I'm calling other owners, you know, t- telling telling them their teams are awful. So I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of mean this evening, guys. I apologize. <laughs> hey, um, the Vader side. Yeah, maybe. So um, uh, w- one thing I, I want to mention before we get into our cells, um, we just thought we would highlight some of the the past great calls we made earlier this year on the podcast. For example, one of the things that I I you know, I mentioned this earlier, I suggested people go out and try to acquire Will Fuller or, or pick him up for next to nothing. Um, Will, you, you had some good calls, like Aaron Jones last week. Yeah, and I, the, I think the best thing about the Aaron Jones 
take was just it was before Montgomery was ruled out. If if you got him when somebody was a little bit uh, waffling on him, if they had him, it was a total win for you. And then Trey, you've had a lot of good calls earlier um, this year as well in the podcast. Yeah, I mean, probably you know the the biggest call really, and and this has been a call that I this is since before the draft, during the draft, Alvin Kamara is a guy that I've been um, touting. Um, I continue to tout him. And, and I will continue to say that Alva Kamara is a buy candidate. I, I truly still believe that what you buy him at today is going to look like a value compared to where he is at the start of next season. And part, part of that has to do with Adrian Peterson being shipped to Arizona. You know, people act like it's not a huge deal. But, I mean, he's been averaging like six or seven touches a game. So you just put those carries up and, and um, targets up among Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Um, he's a guy that I think is um, beginning to show the potential that I expected him to all along during the process. All right, guys, let's get into some cells. And, and Trey, you have kind of an interesting thought. This is like a general cell philosophy, which I kind of like. So, and, and what is it? Yeah, so this is for all of you, um, and, and speaking to me, because I am 0-5 in a team that I, uh, in a league I commish. So, um, I mean, at 0-5, and, and I have some good pieces, um, but you, you have to evaluate. So for me, right now, if, if it appears, based on looking at your team and looking at your record, that it is not, there is not a very good chance that you're going to make the playoffs. I would suggest selling any veterans that you feel could have value to another team that in return kind of give you some picks, whether it's firsts or seconds. Maybe you can pick up a guy like Mike Williams or a John Ross, one of those rookies, even a Corey Davis, who I feel like some owners probably are getting a little tired of, who still has immense talent. Um, I would start floating some offers out there, sell off some of your veterans, you know, you know, wide receivers, running backs, um, you know, there's different ages. People will tell you um, even quarterbacks in your super flex leagues. I would go out there and try and find those teams that are, you know, four and one or three and two. And you kind of look at them and you're like, man, their team really isn't that good. So they may be motivated. They, they may think, you know what? My team is, is doing well. Uh, they have an opportunity maybe to, cause you make the playoffs, anything can happen. We all know that. So I would start floating some offers out there. Try and pick up some draft picks. Go into a little bit of rebuild mode. Um, don't hold on to the, you know, Jordy Nelson, Larry Fitzgerald. These are guys that could have immense value to a contender that if you're not in the playoffs this year, the, the, the start of next season, those guys' value is going to be significantly less than it is now. Yeah, and I think the caveat there is, you know, guys like Jordy and Larry Fitzgerald are perfect examples. Like Antonio Brown. Yes, he's a veteran, but he still has several more years left. So don't go crazy yeah. with this. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, you want to keep your veterans that, you, that can help you win the next two, three, four years. But somebody like Larry Fitzgerald, and, and you're not contending this year, he's not doing you any good. Just sell him off to somebody and, and help that person win and, and get a draft pick in return. Will, what do you think of this philosophy? Do you, you like this? Any, any, um, any other caveats to this philosophy? Oh, absolutely. And uh, especially look for teams that were just ravaged by an injury specifically like Odell Beckham, a star player where they could, they could be doing well with the rest of their team. And now they, they're kind of in the middle zone and you have one of these veterans and you're like, Hey, you know, I, I can send this guy your way. Let me get something for the future and rebuild. 
maybe maybe don't approach it with like, hey, hey, I think your team is going to be the least successful out of all the successful teams. So I want your pick. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's you know, the that's <laughs> the Ryan school of trading right there. Yeah, be blunt standpoint. Yeah, it's just like, hey, I actually think you're going to finish, you know, like sixth in a twelve team, and I'd love a top six pick next year. So here is Larry Fitzgerald. Please give me your first rounder. <laughs> you know, uh, Ryan, I, yeah. I'll actually just, I'll piggyback on that because the trade that you and I just made in um, the Dynasty Ballers League, where I sent you um, Dalvin Cook and Corey Davis, and you sent me Le'Veon Bell, is another perfect example of the types of trades you can make right now because you and you took over an orphan in that league, right? And um, you have Allen Robinson, and it, you, it's not looking great for your prospects this year, but you have some decent pieces. So, and Le'Veon Bell's not a guy that I feel like you have to sell right now, but for you to be able to add Corey Davis and Dalvin Cook, who are potential top ten at their position for years and years to come, um, and then on the flip side of that, for me to sell two guys that aren't helping, I have a, a serious contender in that particular league and so for me to add an impact running back one like Le'Veon Bell um, and, and give up those two guys it may be a little bit of a sacrifice for the future but enables me to be more competitive I think for probably the next couple of years you know that's a great it's a, that was a win-win trade and, and that's yep. you know you, be creative when you're looking at these trades if, if you're out of it you know see if you can maximize value on some of these guys to contenders yeah, and just just one thing. Yeah, win-win. Let's not forget, and people forget this all the time. Try to make it mutual. Like, like don't send an offer to somebody that's not going to help their team. If if you're sending an offer that's going to you know make someone's team worse, think twice. the the best yeah. thing, The best way to trade is win-win, and that way people are going to go back to you and be the first one to offer you a player down the road. Make sure it's a win-win trade. You don't want anyone to feel bad after a trade. That's uh, right. Uh, Will. I wanted, I wanted to chime in with just saying this is one of the best aspects of Dynasty. What makes it so much fun is when you have committed players trying to build teams for the, the present and future and having a, a league that you believe in that's going to last long term. And that is one of the, the aspects of what we've talked about of our redraft, having a little bit of a focus on Dynasty. And what gets missed a little bit is everybody's like, well, you have to manage a roster year over year. Is these kind of trades, like, they don't, like this trade would never happen in the redraft league. But in Dynasty, everybody's like, oh, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. And you have that opportunity and you're banking on the future and it just makes the, the, you know, year over year playing in the league so much more fun. And so if you haven't tried a dynasty league out yet, these are, you know, this is one of the reasons is there's just so much more movement and it's just so much more, like you just have so much more uh, involvement. And it's more hands-on than just a, the luck of a redraft league. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Dynasty is where it's at. Uh, Will, what about, let, let's move on. Your sell, your your big sell for for this evening, uh, Big Ten products. Will I, I was just uh, just clicking over. So my my sell at the moment is is Devin Funchess. He's had what is it three touchdowns in two games. You look at his targets over the year. He's just been crushing toadies. He has thirty five targets through the first five games, and you know things are look like they're trending up and up. And at the end of the day the number one thing that gets me is all the film grinders hate Funchess and all the metrics people love Funchess. That's kind of where the blend comes from. I don't think and the NFL is just based on, you know, how high you can jump, how fast you can run, how big you are. And when it comes down to it in the long term, and this is specific, actually I think this applies to both redraft and dynasty. 
because when the, the team evolves or people start covering, you know, punch just a little bit better, he's going to not produce as much as he has been. And so what I would be looking to do is I'd be looking to capitalize uh, with an RB if you need one in Dynasty in a win now team or a veteran W like a, a veteran wide receiver in Dynasty that you could use to win now and kind of moving punches for one of those pieces. Because my honest opinion is I just don't believe a lot in his long-term value. And I, you know, I could be wrong, but in general, myself, if I, you know, if I have him, I'm trying to move Funches for a piece that I think can help me win throughout the rest of this year. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm not a, a believer in Funches. Uh, Trey, what do you think? You're, you're, that's your team, right? The Carolina Panthers. What do you, what do you think of Devin Funches? That's right. Well, you know, I, I think that there's some thought that he's taking over as the wide receiver one there in that offense. And I don't know if you guys have uh, seen any of the statistics, but um, Cam Newton's completion percentage has increased every single week this season. Throughout the first five weeks of the year, his completion percentage, I think, started – week one might have been sub-50% or right around 50%. And then um, this last week, I think he was close to 80%. So, you know, the, the people that were burying Cam Newton early in the season, I think maybe – underestimated the toll that a shoulder injury can take on an NFL quarterback with a cannon of an arm. So, you know, Devin Funch is one of those guys. I would only sell him if you really are getting kind of blown away by, I don't know that he's got that name cachet. I I do agree with you, Will. I think that he's a sell. Um, But at the same time, you know, with, with the talent and his size, I've never been a big believer in Kelvin Benjamin. Um, and I do believe that that offense is beginning to wake up. And I think that the attention that Christian McCaffrey is being paid in all the ways they're able to, he's, he's kind of like a chess piece. So I, I think that if you get solid value for him, then um, you can move him, but don't undersell him. I, I don't think he's the, the flash in the pan that, that some people are, are, I'm not calling for him to be a, a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, but just make sure you're sure not you underselling there. True or false, he is a – in PPR, he is a top 15 dynasty wide receiver. Or not dynasty wide receiver, but this season he's a top 15 wide receiver. Yeah, I'd say, he's, I'd say that's true. Yeah, he's number 15 in PPR overall, which is incredible really uh, yeah. to me, whereas um, Kelvin Benjamin is 35. I have a question for you guys about Cam Newton real fast, just, just uh, 30 seconds each. Cam Newton, is he a buy or sell in dynasty? What do you think of Cam Newton? Trey, I'll let you go first. Yeah, for, for me, I think you might have missed your window. And, and I, it, it stinks that um, I didn't speak up about this um, over the last few weeks. But he's a guy – I actually floated a couple offers for him early on in the season. And um, both of the leagues where I tried to buy him, um, I was met with a little resistance. You know, the, the, the owners weren't ready to give up on him. I think at this point, considering the, the, the um, points he's put up here recently and the, the way that offense has been looking, it's going to be difficult to acquire him. If I own him, there's no way I'm selling him. I like what he offers. I think that he, um, I think the shoulder injury was really bothering him early on in the season. If I could, if, if I find someone that's kind of given up on him, um, he's the guy that I'd look to acquire, but he's probably more of a hold right now. Interesting. Well, what do you think? Just real quick by yourself. Just, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll just go by. Huh? See, I'm thinking he's kind of a sell. I, I, you know, he just doesn't, you know, he's not doing as much on the ground as he used to. So I think that limits his, his value. Um, maybe he's getting back to that. I don't know. He's interesting. A guy we'll have to watch the next couple of weeks and, and talk about 
on future episodes, Cam Newton. He's, yeah, he's there's just so, a, there's so there's just so much that goes into your league and team makeup uh, into the question where in general, I am higher on Cam Newton than most. I think it, the, the, you know, I'm like the, the 51% of, of higher on Cam Newton. So, like, And I think the key is they're surrounding him with weapons right now. I mean, I know you've not seen a lot of Curtis Samuel, but he's still there. I think, I think they're surrounding him with weapons. Christian McCaffrey is going to continue to evolve. He scored his first NFL touchdown. I mean, I think the production you see over the, la- the, the course of Cam's career has been with a, a you know, pretty limit, limited weapons other than, you know, Greg Olson. So I think the fact that they're surrounding him with some playmakers gives him some upside that, you know, even though he might lose the rushing numbers, as he advances in his career, I think he, he could continue to have some good production there. All right. Good, good. Um, uh, so really quick sell for me. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. We'll spend maybe like a minute. Uh, and this might be obvious because he was a buy for me a couple of, uh, couple of weeks ago, right? Will Fuller. Um, I think you need to sell Will Fuller right now. And it's kind of amazing where he is y- this year. Um, he is tied, guys. Uh, in PPR leagues, he's tied for second overall with Antonio Brown and AJ Green for points per game. Um, you know, four, but but four of his nine targets have been touchdowns. He's a guy that catches with his body. He has small hands. I think he's a guy that you can get a lot of value for, though, because I think some people will look at the stat sheet and think this guy's blown up the past couple of weeks. Even in Dynasty, there's that recency bias. So Will Fuller, maybe it's obvious, maybe it's not. So I just want to say it here. Sell, sell, sell is my opinion. I mean, I think he's still going to be somewhat valuable, but he's totally going to be boomer bust in my opinion. Uh, so, Will, what do you think? Will Fuller, you think definitely a seller? You think I'm, I should hold on to him? Well, I mean, shop around. Like, if you were to say, hey, I'll give you Aaron Jones for Will Fuller, I'll take Aaron Jones all day. But if what if – I think a good comparison, a good uh, – let's, let's just say, like, metric for this, would you take Devin Funches or Will Fuller? Oh man, that's a great one. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, in Dynasty, so I'm just saying, Will Fuller probably has yeah. one of the stronger first names in the league. Yeah, which is a positive. Yeah, I, I guess I'd go with Will Fuller. I, I, I want more than than Devin Funches for him. Trey, what do you think? I have small hands. I'm beginning to wonder if maybe, maybe you guys are going to try and replace me. I, no, I, you know, these are two guys, I'll be honest, I'm probably, I, I'm probably going to hold on Will Fuller. You know, he's a guy a um, little bit better um, draft pedigree than I think some people realize. Um, DeAndre Hopkins has just been getting littered with targets there in Houston, although this last week it was kind of like, a lot of penalties involved. I think, did he only have three catches? I think he might've only had three catches for three touchdowns. Um, but anyway, I think that with, with D hop, there's the primary target and Deshaun Watson's willingness to throw the ball deep. I think Will Fuller's a guy that you um, could hold on to. Um, but if you find someone willing to overpay, it never hurts to float offers out there. Sometimes, there are some leagues where what you think other players may value someone as they're not even close. Maybe they're high, maybe they're low. So, um, and, and people who played leagues with me and you, you guys both can attest to this. I'm always floating thoughts out there. Are you willing to sell this guy? Do you want to buy this guy? I'm always exploring opportunities to buy and sell based on someone's value. So 
What what about uh and I'm blanking on the name and I apologize. The Redskins uh wide receiver came Josh Doxson. Yeah, you you would you send Fuller for Doxson? Whew. I think I might hold Fuller right now just because of the fact that he's actually playing. Um I, I think that, you know, Fuller's a guy you can throw in your slot right now and, and I'm sorry, in your flex and, and he could uh win you a week. Um, Doxson's a guy you could throw in your flex and uh, you'll probably lose. (laughs) And with with that, it's time to move on. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Uh, So, you know, this was a special week because we crossed uh, two really special things in our culture, NFL football and Star Wars with the the Monday night trailer. So we thought we would uh, celebrate that a little bit. And, well, you had a, a thought on how we could celebrate uh, Star Wars and NFL meeting on Monday night. Force is strong this one. I thought it would be fun for us to pick out some Star Wars characters that we thought the other Fantasy Joes uh, resembled. And, yeah, I kept this secret from the show sheet, so these guys do not know who I'm going to be using. And, I, and you know, I thought it would be kind of fun to go through them. So I'm going to start with, with Ryan here, and I'm going to have to, like, read a little bit from what I wrote before just to remember it all. And I said, Ryan, and this is, this is almost, almost too obvious overall. Ryan is for sure C-3PO. He is fluent in multiple fantasy languages, ranging from Harry Potter to standard touchdown-only leagues. I mean, it's kind of the assumption <laughs> of the touchdown-only, but he has talked about so many types of leagues he's been in. He's fluent, I think, in over 1,000 fantasy uh, settings. He's also the Roto-Librarian. Li- Roto on, twi- on Twitter, which is almost exactly what C-3PO would be if C-3PO was involved in fantasy and had a Twitter handle. Uh, I always picture him doing micro-calculations calcul- in the background when we were talking deals, <laughs> or he's convincing us the odds are impossible on his hot takes or other pieces of this, you know, of this cast. Like, uh, oh, hey, it's going to be Carolina Reaper when, when, uh, you know, when the Jaguars beat the Steelers. And it's really not, but it's just C-3PO kind of working his magic. So my impression is uh, <laughs> Joe's. The possibility of successfully navigating this podcast in under an hour is 3,720 to 1. Fun fact, uh, Ryan is also exactly the same height as C-3PO in the movies. All right, next. No, you, don't, you get no time to chime in. No, we're moving on to Trey. So Trey, always posing trades in the forms of questions, lives in North Carolina, and I think tonight is, might be one of the best examples of this ever, and also has a hobby farm, but it's basically Dagobah. And in the end, he's often right about his takes. It kind of maybe take a little longer to work out and things like that. And he isn't right, you know, all the time, but he'll kind of form it at the end that he, that, that he was right in what he was saying. He's also the first person to ask about kind of starting this podcast. So he kind of gets to be like, to me, he kind of gets to be like the OG Joe. You know, he definitely gets a lot of respect. The, the community respects him. We respect him. And so at the end of the day, Trey is, is for sure Yoda. Uh, and although Yoda wasn't the first Jedi, like overall, he's the oldest Jedi you're introduced to in the first movies and Star Wars and things like that. And so my impression would be of Trey is, hmm, digs of Stefan, trade to me, you will, for 2018 round of second. Hmm. <laughs> also, think about it just tonight, him talking about like wanting to have a reactionary take of Doug Martin and out before the Patriots backs or his, his Cam Newton by cells. Like he's like, oh, hmm, I was right in the end. Uh, and then also, separate fun fact, Trey is exactly the same height as Yoda. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Ooh, I, I, wow. I, I don't know where, where to begin. First of all, Trey gets to be a Jedi, and I'm C-3PO, <laughs> maybe the second most annoying character in the Star Wars universe behind Jar Jar Binks. So, so <laughs> oh, I, just, I love C-3PO, but I think that it was yeah. just as... Uh, That's so funny. Especially because we were trying to keep the podcast short tonight, trying to get you know, everything all combined, and, and it's definitely... <laughs> I'm keeping it under an hour beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well... We'll just hit it out of the park. That's probably the best best uh, entertainment value segment that we've had since we started this podcast. I mean, all, apologies to Scott Fish and Mike Wright and Nathan Powell. That was uh, that was that was fantastic. I thought I was gonna be able to do a better C three PO impression. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So, so Trey, what you have any thoughts on who will we have to uh, label Will a Star Wars character now? I, I mean, I'm not gonna go because I think he, he he I guess he nailed this. So, I had a couple of thoughts. You know, I was thinking about the way Will does with trades, like like how he kind of like works his magic and does that. So I was almost thinking like an Obi Wan Kenobi, like you know, this is the player you will trade to me, you know, like, uh, so I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Obi-Wan Kenobi or something else? Maybe, maybe a little Lando Calrissian, um, cause he's kind of, you know, uh, you know, he can kind of maybe make a deal and, but make someone feel better, better about it later. I don't know. What do, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I, I can see, you know, I think that, you know, Will and I in our trade negotiations, and it's so funny because he always says it. He's like, Trey, we always end up at the same point. Like, you want to win a trade and I want to win a trade. And I think, Ryan, you and I had the same encounters where obviously we, we're, you know, like you said earlier, it's always great when you can help out the other team. Um, but at the same time, you're trying to improve your team. So if you can win a trade from your perspective, from the way you value a player, you're all about it. It's so interesting. I think all three of us are such shrewd um, trading um, partners in Dynasty that it's so hard for us to trade among each other. So, yeah, I, I can see that. I think that's, that's right on. All right, Obi-Wan? Do you, yeah. And the other comparison I thought for myself was uh, Lando, but I couldn't – figure out a way to make it not negative because Landon <laughs> jerk in the star Wars movies. And I was like, well, you know, I'll flip up on players and I'll make a deal. I'll lose a deal. I'll try to win a deal. I'll try to go back and forth and not really care over not, you know, not be too emotionally invested in all transactions. But, so, but Lando's a deal maker and everyone likes Lando at the end. That's what's important. I, I mean, yeah, he kind of yeah. stabs Han Solo in the back, but he makes up for it. He, he you know, he's, he's, he's part of the rescue. <laughs> party. Kinda. I'll also free you. <laughs> Kinda stabs him. I mean, have you ever been frozen in carbon, Ryan? Not for a while. Uh, He's a robot. Can't be. Anyway, it's been a while. <laughs> it's ineffective. Uh, all right. Well, well, this this was fun, um, but but it's time to say goodbye to the Star Wars universe. It's time to 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 you know uh, hit. The, I'm going to confuse my my analogy. Girl Alderaan yeah. on that on those. See you later. <laughs> When 900 years old you reach, look as good you or not. Hmm? <laughs> and now it's time to talk about our Twitter follow of the week. And the honor this week goes to Mr. Scott Barrett. He is at Scott Barrett DFB. 
And this was an interesting tweet. I want you guys to talk about it a little bit. Despite not starting until week two, Deshaun Watson currently leads all QBs in fantasy points with 116.8. Alex Smith is second with 116.4. So, gentlemen, your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. That's what I want to know. Will. I can leave this, I can leave this bad boy off. Uh, I, I love what Deshaun Watson is doing for that team. Just re-energizing the, the, the Texans' offense and making it fun to watch. It's, do I have a long-term belief in, De, in, in Deshaun Watson? I mean, I, he can be a middling quarterback. I think what you're going to see is he might have a good year this year with his rushing and his passing stats. So for redraft, total, total win if you have him. Uh, total opportunity to, to capitalize on what he's doing. In Dynasty, after this year, I don't really trust. I, don't, I just have a really hard time trusting anything what he's doing. Why don't you trust him after this year? Uh, it, one, that offense isn't, that, isn't this good. Uh, in my, I guess it's in my opinion. And they've been peaking. And he's been throwing a lot of touchdowns overall. And even like the, the last time versus the Chiefs, there's been a little bit in garbage time. And he's been able to capitalize on some stat, like basically piling up the stats uh, versus the, and the, well, I guess, well, where I want to go with that is at the end of the day, when you have NFL defensive coordinators finally get some film and tape on them and moving into the next year. And as Tony Romo said, uh, once those first 20 scripted plays are over, where do they go on the offense? And once a, a team gets a good look at him and can understand what he's doing, uh, I think they'll be able to contain him because he just isn't, he's not this good <laughs> overall. Oh, fair enough. No, I, I, you're probably right. Uh, Trey, what do you, what do you think? Uh, Deshaun Watson, how, how do we feel about him in Dynasty? Well, before I jump into Deshaun Watson, I want to compliment Scott on having an elite level last name, Clutch. Doing great things, Scott. Keep up the good work, man. Love it. Uh, secondly, Deshaun Watson is a guy I, I want – some people might lose sight of this. You know, they just lost two of the probably top 15 defensive players, maybe top 20 defensive players in the NFL this last week for the season. Um, J.J. Watt, of course, uh, much more recognizable, but uh, Merciless is a guy that I think is a little underrated. So I think their defense just took a pretty big hit, which will lead to Deshaun Watson and the Houston offense having to do a little bit more in a very winnable division with a coach who I think is someone I respect immensely from an offensive standpoint in Bill O'Brien. So I think that Deshaun Watson – I would be shocked if he didn't finish this season as a quarterback one. And moving forward, I like, I love the kid. I know that there was a lot of concern over his arm strength. I mean, if you're a big college football fan and you have watched him the last two years in the national championship game go up against uh, an Alabama secondary that is littered with NFL caliber talent and uh, move the ball up and down the field against them and, and actually last year won the national championship, I mean, he's a winner. The guy wins. I love him. I, I am cheering for Deshaun Watson. I don't own him anywhere, but he's a guy that I would love to have on, on a dynasty team. He's, he's a guy that you can really love to root for. Yeah, I haven't had him in one league, and you're right. He's, he's so much fun, and even if I thought he was a sell, it'd be hard for me to sell him because he, he's a winner. And, and, and I'm going to talk about that later, my, my closing thought of the show, because <laughs> oh, guess what? I, I won Hot uh, uh, Spicy Takes uh, yeah, so I'm gonna get. I'm gonna talk on that. Talk about his velocity uh, there 
but yeah, I, I, I like him. And, and I, I think that um, he's certainly a hold, if nothing else, because I think he certainly has potential to be a, a real, real solid NFL player, NFL quarterback. I'm moving I, just, I, I just think he's, he's redraft and for a season long, huge stud. He's going to continue to be one. You just don't have the archetype in the past of who he is having long-term success in the NFL. Well, that's, that's my concern. Overall, though, I, I mean, I hope he does really well, and I hope, hope I'm super wrong because I don't wish anybody poorly. Right. Uh, well, I, I think the, the one big knock against him was that velocity, and, and I think uh, I'm going to talk about later how uh, you know, s- some of that information may not be 100% accurate. The one thing, though, that you can point to is his college numbers where you'd like his TD to interception rate. You would, you would like it to be better. Uh, but I think he's a lot of intangibles. So we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll certainly see. Um, we've, we've certainly seen guys like him. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Robert Griffin comes to mind that, that the third that sparked and, and kind of faded. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, any other thoughts about Deshaun Watson before we get into everyone's favorite segment, the hot, bold, spicy takes of the week? Let's get, Let's get spicy. Spicy! Let's get spicy. spicy. And let's get into it. The hot, bold, spicy takes of the week. Just to refresh the memory of our listeners, you know we have yeah. five levels. We've got banana pepper. We've got jalapeno. We've got habanero. We've got ghost pepper. And then we have the almighty Carolina Reaper. Uh, you get points assigned for each of your takes. We will decide uh, uh, two Joes to one what the, the level of that hot, spicy take might be. Um, all these takes, as a disclaimer, they are half point PPR. That's the assumption, unless we say otherwise. And for QB scoring, four points per touchdown pass. So, gentlemen, let's get into it this week. Um, and, and let's have a recap. Uh, last week, we all did really well. We all had one take correct. Um, uh, I, I came out on top barely with four points. Um, uh, Will was number two with three points, and then Trey, um, uh, you know, cl- you're close to close to <laughs> second place. Trey with two points. That's um, brutal. And then total on the year, I've got twelve points. Will has three points, and Trey has two points. Um, so since I'm still up, I think I get to decide who goes first, and we'll let Trey go go first with his first hot, bold, spicy take of week six. All right. Well. My first uh, bold, super uh, – actually, I'm going to save my hotter of the two takes for last. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring out the, the less spicy of the two takes. And I'm going to go off the bye week with a recently traded Adrian Peterson. I've got Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara both finishing as top 15 running backs this week. Hmm, okay. Did you, did you look to see if, if that had happened last year with uh, New Orleans Saints running backs? Did uh, Hightower and Ingram have any weeks where they were both? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm asking just top 15 running backs. No, I didn't look at all. It, it, this is purely – I mean, Mark Ingram, anybody who's owned him, and, and I was an apologist and still am. I love the talent. Um, he's not even hit double digits yet for a single game this season. Uh, which when I looked at that, I was a little surprised. I think mainly it's that he's been held out of the end zone. Um, Alvin Kamara, I think, is um, trending up. He, you know, 
has hit double digits each of the last two weeks. Strangely, I think Alvin Kamara is the uh, has the greater likelihood. I almost went both of them to you know what I'm upgrading. How about this? We're getting spicier, <laughs> gentlemen. Both of them top twelve. Look at that. We're getting spicier Man, on the pod live. Yeah, this this was not uh, this was not predicted. This was uh, this is all scripted. <laughs> Unscripted. That's uh, and I, I, you want me to chime in first? I, yeah, please. Because this is going to go against uh, my, my complaints of next week. But uh, I, honestly, top 12, I'm going Carolina Reaper, man. That's huge. That's a really, really, really bold take. Like, both of them to be top 12 with Willie Sneed coming back into the lineup, them coming off the bye week. I get that they got rid of uh, Adrian Peterson. And I can be convinced down, Ryan, if you want me to convince, be convinced down. But yeah. in general, that is that is – I mean, I like it, and I love it for its spiciness, and so I'm I'm all on board with this getting the full points. Yeah, no, I, I was going to go Carolina Reaper, especially when you bumped up the top 12. How can you not? I mean, I think they're both going to have good weeks, but, man, top 12, wow. That is – that's a good way to kick it off, Trey. You said that was your uh, – Well, two. It, was the, it was the least spicy at top 15, you know, bumping it to top 12. I mean, they, you know, well – I won't, you know, they, they get the Lions, it's at home. I think, I think it's going to be a pretty significant over-under. I think there's going to be some points scored. Um, but anyway, I'm not, not going to continue to give you all the reasons it's going to happen because I don't want you to back off your, you know, Carolina. Hey, I mean, you mentioned that I've got some ground to make up, so it's time to get spicy up in here. I know. Yeah. I, was, I was dang near Carolina Reaper <laughs> at top 15, so you moved into top 12 without any comments. Actually, it was just – it's great. Yeah, it was great. I, I looked Detroit's middle of the road against running backs and fantasy over under 50 points. So there will be some points scored in this game, but, but still it's, it's, that's Carolina Reaper. Will, Oh man, coming out of the gate, Trey is just, just blazing. Uh, so what do we might do? Be, might be my milk take of the week now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So I was going to do my, my Homer take of, of this week. And just, just ha- coming from last week, I have Jerick McKinnon kind of have a great game against the bears. So they're going against the Packers this next week and the Vikings. And my one, I wanted to say uh, Latavius Murray finishes as a top seven running back this year or this week against the Packers. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Latavius Murray. The, oh, I think that's pretty hot. I, I liked what he flashed. And uh, I, 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 I just, uh, I, I think he can, I don't think it's, I'm not trying to be overly outrageous, but I wanted it to be a hot and spicy take. And I do think that the, the McKinnon flash adds to, this kind of being a little bit hotter than normal. I would agree with that. Trey, what do you think? What do you think about where, where, where do you want to level that? I would probably say, so here's my take. Um, I'm going to give it ghost pepper because uh, Latavius Murray is hashtag not a good running back. That's a long hashtag, but Latavius Murray, Latavius Murray the only splash that he's made is behind a dominant offensive line in Oakland. And it was highly uh, predicated on touchdowns. So now I, I will give you this. There is the possibility he could score two touchdowns and, and make this top seven uh, a potential. That's the only, if you said he was going to get a hundred yards from scrimmage, I'd probably take it to Carolina Reaper. The only reason I wouldn't say Carolina Reaper is it wouldn't surprise me if they're on the one-yard line that they bring in Latavius Murray over McKinnon. 
McKinnon is the running back to own in Minnesota. Um, th- there's no question for me. Yeah, he he outtouched uh, Latavius Murray pretty significantly. The touchdown potential is the only thing that would could keep me from doing Carolina Reaper. But I, I, if that's what you wanted to do, Ryan, I wouldn't hate it. For me, it'd be Ghost Pepper. Yeah, I think I could be convinced either way. I, you know, I'm I'm okay with going Carolina Reaper because we're talking about Latavius Murray. Yeah, and and he's kind of like Matt Asiata you know, 2017 in my mind for uh, the Vikings. So I'll, I'll give, I'll give a uh, Carolina Reaper there, Trey, if you want. Yeah, I'm, da- I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't see that one happening. Can I give you a little bit of the reasoning behind it too, is the Oakland offensive line this year, except for losing my boy, Austin Howard, hasn't really changed. And they're, they're, it's not like their running game is dominant. So that's kind of where it, it comes from. Not, not that, I just want to say like, it's not, I'm not trying to throw this out there as some overly ridiculous take. I think it's, it's totally plausible and something that can happen at the end of the day. So do you think that he takes on the role of the RB1 in Minnesota? I, so I think one, the, one, the NFL is such a uh, back-and-forth type of league. It's, it's crazy as it goes along. And you don't always have a running back when you have a committee a little bit like this that goes back and forth that dominates all the touches. And I don't think Murray looked bad against the Bears. And I think McKinnon got a really big benefit of what he was doing uh, as, as far as, like, catching. He had that one big breakaway run. At the, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I think the Vikings are going to do well, and the Packers defense is terrible. And so I, that's where this comes from. Is this, is this game in Green – it's in Green Bay, right? No, it's, it's in Minnesota. It's already Carolina Reaper. Let's move on, Ryan. What's your first hot take? <laughs> No, I, I think Latavius looked okay against against the Bears. He didn't look awful, but um, but no, I, I think we're going to stick with uh, Carolina Reaper. It's still it's still hot. I mean, it's still yep. hot. no doubt. So mine, you know, you guys are probably going to give me a banana pepper for this one, but I'll, I'll try to sell it a little bit. <laughs> so it's it's Joe Flacco as a QB one against the Chicago Bears. They, they play at home. Um, the Bears have allowed two QB ones so far this season, but only two elite QBs. And, and really, they, they just made it. Matt Ryan was a QB 12 week one of the season, and Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau was a QB 10 in week five. Uh, as a reminder, gentlemen, Joe Flacco on the year, QB 31 overall. So to be a QB one against the Bears would be quite the accomplishment. But I think he's going to get it done this week, so that's where I, I'm going to start. Joe Flacco, QB one this week against the Chicago Bears. What do you guys well, think? what do you think? Uh... So the highest I'd be willing to go would be habanero. I wouldn't be opposed to jalapeno. And one of the things I didn't look at last time we were doing these ratings, and, and I don't want to be a downer because I do like the take, and I think that Joe Flacco coming up from this back injury has been doing horrible, absolutely horrible, that it's a good, spicy, fun take. But you have uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, and Seattle out on by, and so it's just a lot easier for him to be a QB1 than, than it was you know, in the first four weeks. So I'll go, I'll, I'll go with Habanero. I'll go with Habanero. All right, Ryan. Here's my, here, here's my opportunity. You, you guys ever watch Shark Tank? This is – we could turn this into a little bit of a negotiation. Here, I'm, I'm willing to go jalapeno. If you're, if you're willing to really stand behind your, your man Flacco here, you want to get a Habanero opportunity for three points, uh, make it top ten. And I'm going habanero for you. <laughs> oh, why not? We'll do it. Yeah, top 10. Top 10. All right. Joe Flacco. Top 10. 
Get a little, bit, little, little bit more challenging, just a couple spots no, higher. But if, if he could be top ten against Chicago, uh, yeah, I, I'd be okay with that. I mean, Habanero according to, according to, to John Gruden, uh, the, that linebacker core is going to have some real big problems. It's communication. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's still, I, I think it's still pretty – yeah, it's definitely Habanero because Flacco's been awful. I, I just – I don't know. Looking at this game, uh, you know, the Bears have been, eh, you know, okay against the run. So, but, I, but I think Flacco's going to get it done. I think he's, he's due. Well, considering well, you're the hot take whisperer, I probably should have gone banana pepper. And yeah. the next thing I should do when we get done recording tonight is put $100 on Joe Flacco to, you know, <laughs> throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns this week because it's happening. That would make I, know, I, was waiting, I was waiting for Ryan's, uh, like, bet of the week, man. Like, do you know how much money we could be up if, if we place bets on these bad boys from Ryan's takes? Anyway. Ryan, I'm going to call my bookie and tell him I'm sending him $500 and that you're going to call him with my bets. <laughs> well, let, let's see how I do, uh, you know, beginner's luck, gentlemen. Let, let's see how I do this week before we, we go crazy and lose all our listeners a lot of money. Uh, so, uh, Trey, so what, you're, uh, you're next, um, you're, you're, you're second hot, bold, spicy take, and this is going to be your hottest you claim. So let's hear it. Let's hear well, it. Well, you know, it was Ooh. before I ratcheted up a little bit, but you know, anybody who owns this gentleman, I think would, would be willing to swear that this is, uh, too spicy to be handling without some, some gloves and, maybe even a face mask. Sammy Watkins, the uh, one-week superstar, uh, last two weeks, non-existent Sammy Watkins, is going up against what's probably turning out to be the best secondary, hands down, the best two starting cornerbacks in the NFL, in Jacksonville Jaguars. And I've got Sammy Watkins finishing in the top 15 this week. I think that there is going to be a concerted effort to get him the ball. I think that – I don't know if you guys uh, – well, I know you are, Ryan. Will, not so much. The audience, I don't know how much you guys are on Twitter, but uh, there, were, there was some tweeting going on, both from uh, Tory Hole <laughs> and some other uh, former NFL wide receivers regarding the lack of usage of Sammy Watkins. Um, Sammy had a pretty humorous reply. There were some conversations that happened this week, I think, between Sammy – and uh, the coaching staff there in L.A. So I think they come out and make it a focal point to get him the ball, and I think that he responds with a top 15 against the best pass defense in the NFL. Uh, Sammy Watkins puts up some, some solid numbers this week. Wow, that's, that's – I would go Carolina Reaper with that. And I love Sammy, but it just seems that he – I don't know what it is. You know, there were reports where – you know, he was, he was, you know, wasn't quite getting the, the, the plays and isn't quite, you know, in tune with the system. He got traded late to, to the Rams. So I don't know. I I'm willing to go real hot here. Um, I'm thinking Carolina Reaper, what, but what do you think? Will? I mean, but he's amazingly talented, but that, that Jacksonville defense is lights out. You're right. Yeah. I'll hop on board the train. I was thinking like ghost pepper at first, with you have AJ Green and Des Bryant and those kind of offenses in Seattle is out, even though like randomly they could produce any sort of top 15 wide receiver. Uh, I'm not including Buffalo in that because they can't throw to anybody. Uh, <laughs> so, but I'll hop on board the Carolina Reaper train. And I'm totally fine with this being that hot of a take because I don't think there's any way it happens, especially when Leonard Fournette is just house and touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. After touchdown. 
I almost went with Leonard Fournette as my hot take of the week, actually, but decided against it because I, I didn't want to, you know. That's that Yoda. That's that Yoda. I almost did yeah. this. But, mm, almost. Hot take Fournette, that is. Actually, it was going to be a hot take to throw some shade on Leonard Fournette. Okay. Overrated for me. next you want me to go? <laughs> uh, yes. Go ahead. moving. All right. So my thing was uh, Julio Jones comes back from being injured in the first quarter, and he's going against the Miami secondary, not the best secondary in the whole wide world, but they're coming off their bye. Uh, I don't think Mohamed Sanu is going to be playing, but that Julio Jones throws up 200-plus yards against the Miami Dolphins. Boom. 200 yards, any, any touchdowns, or just 200 yards? This, I'm only calling the yardage. Only calling the yardage. I think that's necessary. Like, the touchdowns are going to be necessary to make this a hotter take, over 200 yards. No, I, I just, just asking, just asking. Um, the Dolphins, they're, you know, they're looking at, I'm looking at, like, ESPN rankings, uh, you know, fantasy points against for wide receivers. They're actually, it looks like they're among the top 10, um, believe it or not. So, it's... It's a pretty good take, I think, over 200 yards. Um, how many times did Julio do that last year? I, I mean, one comes to mind. <laughs> so, Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is a Carolina Reaper take because, for me, um, if you had said Devontae Freeman and uh, Tevin Coleman, both, you know, top 15 running backs like I did with the New Orleans Saints running backs – I would have probably been Habanero because I think this is a game where Atlanta is going to force their will. I don't think that Miami has a chance in this game, which means they probably win by a field goal. Uh, but I think that they're going to run the ball a lot. So I don't see any reason for them to throw that much to Julio. Um, so I think, I think Carolina Reaper, um, Ghost Pepper for sure. I mean, you know, you, you just don't see every week um, in the NFL. I, I don't know. I'm, I'd be curious. How many times last season in the NFL did a receiver go over 200 yards? I bet it wasn't more than maybe two or three. So to call, you know, a particular guy on a particular week to go over 200 yards, I mean, that's Carolina Reaper. It's got to be. I, I completely agree. I, I mean, it just, it's, it's really, really, really hot. So we are, we are <laughs> Brandon. I think, I think the dominant male coming off of a pretty weak season so far and a bye. And going, you know, they're they're going to go up against this Miami defense that I I totally believe that he can dominate. And I just think this is going to be one of those weeks where it's a Julio Jones get right week, and they're going to target him a lot, and he's going to look healthy, he's going to look good. And again, of course, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of just like guessing involved in here. But uh, just to say that this doesn't come from just a place of like, oh, I just want to throw out a Carolina Reaper take for no reason whatsoever. But I really do believe that he can come out here and have a super dominant game. But. Yeah, Atlanta, 12.5-point favorites at home, um, over under uh, uh, 46.5. It, it'll be interesting. No, I mean, I think the, I think the challenge that, that you have with that is that Sanu is out, and, um, uh, and I think that Miami will focus on shutting down Julio Jones. Um, they'll just focus on the backfield, though, too. So we'll see. Interesting take, but it's definitely a Carolina Reaper. Uh, so I guess i got to bring it home, and, I, you know – you know, I kind of feel like my bread and butter the past couple of weeks is predicting these uh, big upsets, right? These big underdogs, you know, on the road. And I looked at I looked at them, and I don't have any faith in Miami going into Atlanta and winning. I just can't call that. The Jets at New England, oh, as as bad as the Pats defense has been, uh, divisional matchup. I I think that the Jets will cover. I don't think they'll win. 
San Francisco at Washington, no. 11-point favorites for Washington. They can't do that one. Cleveland at Houston, forget about it. No way I'm touching that. So what I decided to do – and the Giants at Denver, yeah, right. There's no way the Giants are going to win that game. <laughs> so, uh, so what I decided to do is I'm going to, uh, to pair a couple of double-road double, double road underdogs. The Lions, four-and-a-half-point favorites – or, excuse me, four-and-a-half-point underdogs um, at the Saints. So I'm going to call the Lions over the Saints, and I'm calling the Steelers to come back, bounce back. They're uh, four-point underdogs at Kansas City. They'll beat the Chiefs. So we're going to – we've got a little uh, – what, what do you call it? Uh, an exacto? Parlay. Parlay. You, you got the Lions over the Saints, and you got the Steelers over the Chiefs. Did you say that Sam – I'm sorry, total sidetrack. Did you say that um, Washington is favored by 11 over San Francisco? At home, yes, that's correct. Man, I think I'd put money on San Fran in that game. To to win or to cover? No, 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 to cover. I think that yeah, that's a eleven points is a lot to be given up. I mean, let's just be honest. Washington has not looked great. Anyway, the defense has been pretty good. I don't, I don't know. I think that's yeah. Uh, I I, mean, I might take San Francisco to cover, but I don't think they're gonna. I mean, eleven points is a big margin. So I'll, 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 go, uh, I'll, I'll go ghost pepper on this bad boy for the parlay aspect of it and having the two-for-ones uh, for the outright winners. So I would be very interested to see how the Saints come out against these Lions, especially with the, the Stafford, like a little bit beat up. Uh, I like it. And the, the Steelers over the Chiefs. Like the Steelers have to have like a really good get-right game at some point. But at the Chiefs, and the weather forecast isn't great at the moment, but it's, it's like kind of the Midwest. It's a little bit south from the Midwest, but in Kansas City, so that'll probably change in the next few days. Uh, but overall, I think, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's Carolina Reaper in the sense of like these aren't far enough apart for it to be together, this, this like, you know, super overly bold, you know, spicy take. But I think, I think Ghost Pepper is where I'm going to end at, and I, I, I like it. All right. I'll take that, Trey. Bet it. Might just have to bet it now. Cause, Cause, I know. Man, me too. With our sponsor of the show, our betting sponsor, mybookie. Oh wait, we don't have a betting sponsor <laughs> yet. So if you're listening, come on. Throw, throw a Roto librarian is where we you. Would, <laughs> we would have plugged you right now. We would have plugged you right now, Trey. What do you What do you think of this? So I think that a uh, Sean Payton coached team that's going to have two top twelve running backs at home against a, a Lions team that is uh, a little bit hobbled at quarterback. I mean, I, I'm willing to upgrade this to Carolina Reaper. I think Kansas City is for real. I think they're absolutely legit. Pittsburgh looks terrible. I think that the likelihood that Pittsburgh wins in Kansas City, City. is probably a little better. Um, but if, if, if you can predict two road teams going in – I mean, the Saints – and the Chiefs are very good football teams. For both of them to lose at home as favorites, especially with the Saints coming off a bye, um, I'm willing to upgrade this to Carolina Reaper if, they, if uh, old uh, William oh, yes. is. Lando. Uh, I'm going down to milk. milk Come on. Take. Come on, I'm Lando. I'll move it up. I'm totally on board. Uh, I just don't – I just don't, the only reason – I think it's just like a personal bias is why I don't want to. It's because you snuck that first – Carolina Reaper passed us on the the uh, the Bills going down and beating the Falcons, and you just have some sort of like, uh, you know, it's almost like C3PO stat esque line calculations where this is probably just going to be right. But I'm not against 
moving it up. I'd rather move it up than down. So let's just go Carolina Reaper and have a great, great hot and spicy takes. Almost too spicy overall. But if uh, it were just if it were just one of these games, it would be probably jalapeno for me. If it were two, you know, home dogs, it would probably be maybe a habanero. But you know, road dogs. Um, going up against good football teams and to I think aren't both of them like four to five point underdogs like these aren't two point lines are they no four and a half uh the Lions Saints game and then uh four point underdogs uh Steelers Chiefs yeah so it's it's basically like Vegas is saying they basically think if both of these games were played on neutral site they would the 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 Saints and the Chiefs would still be favored Oh, excuse me, gentlemen. I, this was a couple of days ago. Now New Orleans, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites, and Kansas City are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah. I, it's, it's Carolina Reaper. Oh, I mean, it actually moves it down for me. <laughs> you take a guy like Sean Payton and a guy like Drew Brees and give him a week off to game plan against a team like Detroit that doesn't play defense. Sorry, Lions fans. I mean, that, that, that game could get ugly. I know the Lions were in the playoffs last year. But that team has issues, and that New Orleans defense, I think, has some things working for them. Um, I think that game could actually get ugly, and uh, you know, two running backs for New Orleans could finish in the top twelve pretty easily. So, I think it's in Carolina. I, I'm wow. I'm standing behind Reaper yeah, for you. Let's Ryan. do it. All let's right, do it up. So we are on fire. If you if you're listening to this on your on your phone, put it down because it's about to catch on fire and explode. Yeah, because we got so many Carolina Reaper takes this week. Only one, my habanero take, Joe Flacco, top 10 QB against the Bears. That's the weak sauce this week. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. So we're going to move on. We're, gonna, we're about to close the show. But since I was the winner again with uh, Bull Turkey Takes. Uh, Not I for get, long. I get the 60-second closing thoughts. This may be my last one, so I'm going to try to make it a good one. And I'm going to talk about Deshaun Watson again and that statistic. Statistic. Ugh, you heard during the draft process about velocity only 45 miles per hour at the combine right um you know after the results of the combine were tweeted out there were all these tweets saying like oh the minimum number for a quarterback has to be 55 or anyone with less than 55 will struggle to play in the nfl well greg gabriel at greg gabe um he is uh, on twitter he's a bears former director of college scouting had this great article on pro football weekly he talked to scouts he talked to people in the NFL, and they basically kind of said this whole velocity thing is a myth. Um, guys like Breeze, Brady, Manning, when they came out, if they had done this test, they would have tested low on the velocity numbers as well. Their arms got stronger. They don't put an emphasis, emphasis on that in college. So that is not a metric to buy into. You can see if you watch Watson, the guy has plenty of, uh, of zip in that, that, that ball that he throws. So what I want to leave you with is, when you hear these metrics during the draft process, don't necessarily buy into them. Do research. Don't treat them as gospel. Just do some research. Do some investigation. You know, be, channel your inner librarian. Channel your inner C-3PO and make sure that you understand <laughs> the, 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 the thought process behind the research and doing your own research. So with that, we are going to say... Thank you again for listening to another episode of The Fantasy Joes. Contact us directly at uh, thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at FFJoes on Twitter. Your feedback is welcome. Your reviews are welcome. 
let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. We come at you weekly on Thursdays with new episodes, but be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review, but only if it is a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. <laughs> Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is, of course, Will. Fantasy Joe's underscore wheel. And I am at C3PO. I mean, at Roto Librarian. <laughs> on behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. I think Deshaun Watson has plenty of zip on his balls. I actually heard there's there's quite a, quite a lot of turbulence. More or less zip on his balls or Ezekiel Elliott's? Now, <laughs> that's a great closing statement.